Hey Simon, check out what I did to Dan's helicopter. Jeez, Dad, my guys are going to be so mad at you. <laughs> You're busted. Hey everybody, welcome to the nation version hey, two point hey, hey, hey Dan, what's up? Um, I know we got to start recording and stuff, mm -hmm. but before we start, I got uh, um, I got something I got to tell you. Oh, okay. All right. So your fusion's done. Right. I'm getting ready to ship it out. Mm -hmm. um, brought it to work today. You know, I wanted to, you know, get another couple flights in it, uh, maybe get a video or something like that, right? You know, and flying really good. Mm -hmm. um, hey, you remember I was talking to you about how I was doing those uh, tail slides to climb out pyro flips and stuff, and it was working really good on my X5 and stuff. But dude, why are you why are you interrupting me? Why, why we can't talk about this in the show? Uh, well, just all right. Let me finish. So. All right. I was doing those with your helicopter, and by all rights, mm -hmm. man, it does it great. But all right, get this. Mm -hmm. I was flying a little bit out of my box, kind of windy. So mm -hmm. I was bringing it back towards me, and um, mm -hmm. I uh, I crashed it. Yeah, you, you've told me this before, so I'm not falling for it. <laughs> yeah, well, I did. Dan, I really I crashed it. Yeah, all right, here's, here's what happened, all right? I was coming, flying back in. And the helicopter hit one of the guide wires for that. Everybody knows I got that big tower out by where I work, by the parking lot. Well, you can't hardly see those damn things. And I usually don't fly over in that area because I stay in my box. But it was windy and it got out of there. Uh, so I was trying to bring it back. And, dude, I was going full speed. The next thing I know, I hear a pow. And one of the blades just starts fluttering away <laughs> like a dead leaf. And the helicopter just comes like a torpedo. Dude, it hits the ground, and, and you you better fucking be kidding me. <laughs> I'm not. Um, I'm not kidding. Sorry, dude. Screenshot it never happened. It's I don't believe so, you. It, it's totaled. Dude, I'm yeah, man. I'm sorry. You've been well. You were at your cousin's house this weekend, right? Yeah, I've been gone. I've been you know it's hunting season here in Montana. I in fact I just walked in the door. Okay. Well, um, uh, go ahead and go on Facebook. And and just well, <laughs> just go ahead and take a look. There's a I put a post on there and it, there's a picture of a target bag, and it says he's gonna be so pissed. Just click on that link. Oh, uh, you better fucking you better be fucking with me, man. I'm telling you that right now. Uh, same team, man. Same team. Just so you know, Dan. Just in case, I'm mm -hmm. fat. I'm faster than your scooter, so. <laughs> you better you better just be fucking with me, man. Wait a minute. You're not fucking kidding, dude. No. No, Dan, I'm not kidding. Sorry, man. Uh, I don't know what to tell you, dude. I mean, it happens, you know. I mean, out of nowhere, one in a million chance. I couldn't even see the guide wire. <laughs> so I'm looking at these pictures on Facebook. All right, well, actually, the link on Facebook sent me to Helifreak, which yeah. I haven't been on. And I'm, I gotta ask myself, did you did you kick the goddamn helicopter when it was on the ground a couple times? <laughs> no, no. It almost kind of looks like that. It, it almost looked like it almost got cut in half. Man, dude. Yeah, man. It's brutal, dude. I'm sorry, man. I'm These are. I I've never ever crashed like that before. I've never had a crash like this before. Jesus Christ. So I guess I get the tank award today. Sorry. Oh boy. Well. Oh. Life goes on. What can I say?
Welcome to the Nation version 2.0. With, with me is Callum and the soon-to-be-replaced Rob. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> Rob, give your condolences to your wife because I'm going to fly out to Minnesota and assassinate you for what you did to my fusion. Oh, man, dude, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Shit happens, you know, and I saw the pictures. You know, I just got home from a long weekend. Uh, well, it wasn't really a long weekend. I was gone for about a day and a half. Hunting season here in Montana, and I went out to a cousin of mine's place, and we're disconnected out there, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I just walk in the door, only to be bombarded with pictures of uh, shattered dreams and hopes of a Fusion 50. Oh, man, you know, and I was just getting ready to box that thing up and send it back to you this week. Yeah, well, shit happens. I see there's been quite a bit of a reaction. and I'll post something on the forums here after we get done, but, uh, you know, shit happens. I mean, I'm not too worried about it. It's just stuff, so... Right, right yeah. on. Right on. So, uh, besides crashing my shit, what have you guys been up to? <laughs> How about you, Callum, since we're uh, getting ready to replace Rob anyway? <laughs> we, don't, we, don't want the, we, don't, we don't want the listeners to get too used to his voice at this point, because I'm... Gonna... <laughs> oh. <laughs> What's going on, Callum? Well, I guess it's, you know, it's that time where everyone hits a certain point where the flying just takes, you know, a toll for the worse. And I went out today to the flying fields. Um, it was cold and it was it was quite windy. And I flew the Furion and, yeah, I wasn't feeling it. I just wasn't feeling it. At all. There was a video being taken as well. Um, uh, the tail, I, the tail, you know, was unpredictable, and it, it it kicked out three or four times, and I just wasn't feeling it from the model, and I just didn't like it. I landed, and practically thought, "Fuck this!" Back home, and yeah, I just don't feel, I don't feel the buzz to go fly, and I don't know why, but I just guess it's just one of those stages that everyone hits now and then, and um, so yeah. Hey, I'm just hey Callum, you know what you should do? You know what, what? you should do, Callum? What? You should get laid. That'll help. <laughs> well, that's, that's that's taking my time up as well. Um, that and did you, you did you fi- did you finally find a boyfriend? Ah. Ooh. No, seriously though, Callum, this actually is a good topic, and maybe we should discuss this a little bit uh, after the interview because you know this is something a lot of pilots go through. I think. Yeah. I don't think this is uncommon at all. Yeah, the rut. Yeah, I get in them ruts every now and then. Yeah, it sucks, and we've all been through it, Rob. Besides destroying my beautiful fifty-year <sighs> helicopter, what have you been doing? Um. Well, I n- not too much else, I guess. Working and flying your helicopter till today. Destroying it. <laughs> well, till, well, I guess it was yesterday it happened, but um, as of when we're recording now, but um. 
Yeah, that's a, that's about it. I mean, I took the X5 out today, and it flew. Did you really crash nice. it? Nah, no, it flew really nice. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it, flew, it flew great, you know. And but uh, yeah, you know, just uh, it, it's all kind of making sense now because when I was getting back into civilization, I noticed I had like seven. Not necessarily all of them were messages, but calls from Rob on my cell phone. So apparently you were trying to get in touch with me. Dude, yeah, well, you know what, man? Yesterday after that happened, I kind of felt a little stirred crazy because I'm like, man, I got I to gotta talk to this guy so I can know he's either going to be really mad at me or he's going to say everything's going to be all right or what, you know. So sorry for blowing you up like a teenage uh, schoolgirl. but That happens. My... It's gonna be yeah. sorry that that song just came into mind. <laughs> <laughs> so you know the thing of it is, look, when I agree to let somebody build something for me or fly some of my things, I don't. It's it's a it's a choice I make and um, it's a risk you take, and you know we'll figure it out. I'm not worried about it. It's just stuff. But as far as what I've been doing, well, I was uh, at the beginning of the week. I was anxiously awaiting. The arrival of Fusion 50. I'm sorry, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna let you live this down for a while, so you might want to get used to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, you know, it's when it's uh, it's uh, hunting season here in Montana, so a cousin of mine, like I've mentioned, I, you know, with my condition, I can't really hunt. But he and I were talking. It's the brother of my cousin that passed here a few weeks back. We talked about. We got to talking. Um, and he said, "Oh man, come on out. We'll we'll be able to we'll be able to get you right out in there into the thick of it." And um, nice, so I, some bucks. I, well, I went out, didn't get anything um, this morning. Before we left, we went out. Um, my cousin did get an elk, so that was kind of cool. As far as flying, dude, it's just been crappy. If it if it's been not snowing or raining, it's been windy. So been working on that uh, 450 that I've been trying to build for that club member that I talked about a few episodes back. Yeah. That thing I have, I have to force myself <laughs> to, to, to work, work on that. Yeah. That thing is just, it is just not a lot of fun to work on. They're, but, kind, they're tinkery, man. They're so small. Yeah, they are. I've been trying so. to work on my 200, man, and I've been looking at it like, oh, geez. You know, but uh, I, I got to, you know, put some wrench time and get back in the air. I got all the parts I need, and Things just been dogging it out on me, and I don't have any uh, fly barless. Well, I got the GU365 I can stick in there, but I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to revive the No Bar Aficionados group. I started a Heli Freak user group called No Bar Aficionados way back, and uh, there's a couple people in there that fly without a fly barless controller, right? And so I'm going to, you know, kick the dust off the 200 and go bust out some No Bar on that shit. So I just popped open this file. This uh, rebuild parts list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, the, the Google Docs, yeah. Man. That's just that's just fusion parts. That doesn't include any servo gears or yeah, blades or nothing. It's close to a rekit, man. Oh. I think the kit's like four forty nine, and I'm up, up, I'm up around like three hundred something. Man, when you do it, you do it right. I guess, man. I don't crash very often, man, and. Uh, sorry, it had to be your helicopter, Dan. I uh, I tell you what, I've never crashed one that bad. But anyway, moving on. I think it's about time for some news. You guys got any news? News of the day. 
Robbie, I told you not to use that fuel, dude. Dude, that fuel was badass. My motor would looked awesome too, and then it blew that up. That fuel is junk. You're That's why your helicopters I'll run like crap. Searching that. Well, anyway, you guys are listening to RC Alienation. This is Bird and Bobby from SmackTalkRC.com. Any news, Cal? I got any news. Great sexual ideas, number 129. Monopoly. Go to a strip club and start tipping the dancer with Monopoly money. When she says, that's not real money, say, those aren't real tits. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I got some news, guys. Um, all right, so I was uh, checking on Heli Freak. I see this uh, thread. FBL unit for 30 bucks. And there's oh, a link robo.com. Did you see that thread, Callum? Yeah, I've seen it. Oh, it's, there's a lot of controversy going on about it at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it's a clone of something. Maybe it's a clone of the 3GX or something like that. I'm not sure. But, um, you know, I, I got to thinking about it. I was reading a thread. I mean, you know, these days a lot of those uh, those ARFs and ready-to-fly birds and stuff like that that have those little module units in the front, that's mm-hmm. like all built-in tail gyro receiver and all that spiel. By all rights, I don't see why somebody wouldn't be starting to build that. Wakara does that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm, hell, I mean, it, I mean, if it does the job of keeping your helicopter from, like, having a seizure and falling out of the sky, cool, man, <laughs> 30 bucks, man. You know, throw it on your helicopter and just do some tooling around or something like that. You know, you're not going to be going to 3D Masters and trying to win some shit, you know, with something like this in there probably. But and it may be a little fiddly or something like that. But, man, for 30 bucks, I might have to give it a shot. Will it help your helicopter avoid wires in the air? <laughs> uh, maybe it maybe it has a metal detector on it, and then it'll uh, it'll, veer, it'll steer clear of that <laughs> GPS. Dude, I, I'm not going to let you live that one down for a while. Just, just keep that in mind. That's all there is yeah. to it. Yeah, I bet if you could reach through the internet, you would probably want to give me, like, a donkey punch in the side of the head. Yeah, I probably would. There'll be be time for that, though. Yeah. Yeah. uh, I'll have you in the truck all the way to Urchin next year, so... That's... Well, that's right. Yeah, shoot. A gallon can of beans. Oh. Oh, what's that? Oh, what's that? No, no, my my windows, my automatic windows, no, they're broke, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) You can't. You can't roll that window down. It's broke. That controller's broke. Yeah. <laughs> now sleeping in the back, I'll get in his suitcase and I'll grab one of his sweaters and I'll just hold it to my face like that. <laughs> so what else is it? You know, it's kind of a slow news. I've been looking through here. I don't really see a whole lot. Yeah, there's not a lot of new hotness out there, I guess. But Do you, Callum, you got any new hotness you want to share with us? Yeah. Puts... Got, <laughs> I haven't got really much, actually. Just... Well, I think if I remember rightly, OS are coming out with a 120 engine. Yeah, is, is yeah. it a 120 or a 105? It, I, you know what? I've been told it's a 120, and I've also been told it's a 105. Um, into that. But what be interesting is is that 105. I don't think makes sense. It, 105 it, doesn't seem that much bigger than the 90, you know. It precisely, and I don't think it makes much sense uh, either. Everybody was ha- everybody had a hard on for the fifty five to the fifty. Well, I mean, yeah, this true. is this a red line. This 53. is that's true. This is yeah. this is fifteen more. <laughs> I mean, that, that's true, but I just don't. It's just one hundred and five. The one hundred and five just doesn't. Yeah, yeah, dude, I got a one hundred and five. That's cool. Well, I got a one hundred and twenty. I mean, come on, that 
that saying 120 just sounds just like mean business. Uh, yeah, before I buy it, I need to know the C rating. <laughs> but um, no, I, you know, be, it'd be interesting to find how they compare against one another. You know, the YS120 and the and the and the 105, because I presume they've you know OS bringing out the 105 to compete with the 120. Dude, I wonder if that big bore like it has anything to do with helping it so it doesn't smell like maple syrup all the time. Perhaps, perhaps so. Um, <laughs> for me, I've never, I've never had a 55 engine, you know. Yeah, yeah 55 and you know, I've always stuck with my Hyper 50, regardless of power. I just, me personally, I just didn't, I couldn't be bothered with ripping out the engine and putting a new one in. But they, they do have their advantages for sure. Definitely a lot of power. And um, I've actually held a 120 um, in hand, so I've actually had a look at one, and it looked pretty pretty cool. That's cool, uh, man. Hey, is something that size, is it a lot bigger than a 50? It, well, the engine, yeah, the engine is bigger, but it, yeah, yeah. It, it looks bad. Well, like, Dan, because that knight you've got, is that a is that a 30 size or a 50 size? That's 50. OS, uh, well, I, I had an OS 50 Hyper in it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I'm just wondering, can you slap a 90 in it? Is it even worth it to do something crazy like that? Yeah, but I'm, I'm thinking I might slam it against the ground a few times and send it to you in a Target bag. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, it's a 50 size, and that'll slide right in there. Uh, yeah, right on. Okay. That's what, that's what it's designed for, so no problems there. So, but you could drop a 90 in there, no? No, no. No, it's you'd have to do some major modifications. I, I would imagine you could make it happen, but I don't think the airframe itself would is designed for it. And I just certainly just I don't yeah, think that it would. It wouldn't be worth doing it, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just don't think that it would be. I just think you'd end up with more problems than anything else. Yeah, right on. Well, that's all I got for uh, news of the millennium. Um, so I've got actually I've got it's not really I don't know I don't know if it's news or it's just something to look forward to. You know, Thanksgiving's coming up. We all know what that means, right? Besides stuffing your face with turkey. Yeah, what's that mean? Oh, Black that Friday's means, coming. That's right, the big sales, everybody. Put a few bucks away because in a few weeks, you're going to be able to get incredible deals. Yeah, yeah. True. On just, I remember I, I got a I got a uh, V-Bar 5.0 for like 220 bucks, 225 Nice, that's cool. I remember I Red Kelly did their deal. I, I got the Black Friday deal. They had that clearance section with a bunch of free stuff. And I, I yeah. placed an order there, a pretty nice order. And I got uh, I got a pretty hefty cart. My cart was full of all kinds of stuff, and a bunch of it was free, you know, because of the Black Friday thing. Um, no, yeah, they. I, I remember last year, they. what was it? It wasn't last year. I think it was the year before. I think they, they, they gave a lot of this stuff away for free. And it wasn't I was yeah. just about to say, a good friend of mine, Dicey, we know from the RC Freak podcast, he... He um he didn't he never ended up getting the RAID 450 but I remember he got like enough parts free completely free of charge yeah for like four crashes you know what yeah, I mean nice just a whole list of stuff but and the thing is is what's great is it wasn't just you know close to the United States it was everywhere yeah um, you know it was it was open to everyone and um, I remember getting my package of I think I got a blade caddy uh, not blade caddy a, a blade holder you know the, the um, that whole in and stuff and yeah. a few bits and um, and some ready heli mints. <laughs> Dude, if they if they if they hold out on the mints, I'm sending my shit back. 
<laughs> well, I'm telling you, I'm telling you this though, just kind of a heads up. If there's something you think you want, be ready to log on at midnight and have the money ready because that stuff goes fast. Like I've got my, I'm not even going to tell you what I want. I got my eye on something, and uh, I'm for sure gonna, I'm for sure gonna get my hands on it if I can get to it in time. But definitely keep a close eye. And I guess more shops are doing these. I don't, you know, not quite to the extent I think Ready Helly is, but uh, I think you're going to see some incredible sales all the way around from a lot of shops. I wonder if anybody's got a good deal on a Fusion 50 kit. Yeah, that would be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because cause we're, we're in the need of a kit, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just happy that those batteries didn't blow up on you. Of course, yeah, did, they, you burn your, no, did I you didn't burn get, your hands on them? No, I didn't get burned or nothing like that. Oh. They're tacoed, so I may have to get a hold of Finless and see if, it, if see they're if tacoed get... enough. To up, but... A lot of us have read RC Heli Magazine, right? Rob, you, you're a subscriber. Yes. Callum, you've heard of it. You read it over there in the U.K.? Hell yeah, yeah. Um, I, I must admit, when I first started the hobby, um, well, I won't say started, but you know, started flying nitro. They had a, a section on their website that um, you know had quick tips and, and guides and whatnot. I, I must admit, I I learned quite a lot from that. Um, they had guides on how to build the perfect clutch, um, how to tune a two-stroke engine. Um, you know, just basic guides that actually were very helpful. And um, Well, uh, we were, uh, Callum, you weren't around, but we actually had an impromptu interview with Mike Velez from RC Heli Magazine. Yeah, right. that's a good time. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and play that interview, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. If you don't check your balls, then your balls might fall off while you're flying. What the hell are you gonna do if your balls fall off of your helicopter while you're flying around in the air? Hanging out with your friends, talking at the flying field, and then lo and behold, you try to do a flip and your balls pop off your swash plate. Then what are you gonna do? Break out the wallet, let your friends laugh at you, and then buy some better balls and some Loctite. Hey everybody, I'd like to welcome Mike Velez from RC Heli Magazine. How you doing, Mike? Good, how about you guys? Good, so Rob's with us. Hey, Rob. Hey guys, how you doing? Hey, nice to meet you. Hey, Rob. You know, you're looking through the forums. It's kind of hard to not to not notice the posts that we see and uh, concerning RC Heli Magazine. And you know, there's a, a lot of listeners on the show that have expressed some concern about delivery of the magazine, and and it seems to be a little inconsistent. We were just kind of wondering, you know, what uh, what do you attribute that to, Mike? There's a lot of factors, and currently it, it just has more than anything to do with uh, the economic conditions in the world we live in these days. We've had to downsize, we've we've cut staff, we've had to make do with, with less in terms of income coming in, and it's kind of like a chicken and the egg type thing, you know, when when um, uh, we have to make these cuts to keep things going and, and deliver what we feel is a good, solid product, it uh, creates a situation where we're unable to keep up with our production schedules, 
uh, or we run into cash flow issues as a small business, and um, it kind of uh, creates a, a spiraling effect where you know maybe that's accounting for less income coming in, and, and uh, it's difficult to, to get back to a position where we're uh, we have the manpower and all the resources needed to to put a, a solid magazine out there on time. Uh, so rather than put an, a magazine that we don't feel is solid, uh, we'd rather wait a week and uh, make sure that everything's right and the editorial is where it needs to be, and and um, and that interferes with uh, with our scheduling. So it's kind of a thing where you know we we could rush it and do at every expense possible get it out the door uh, on time, but I, I would rather not do that. I mean, sometimes the quality isn't there, um, or let's say, you know, we've had circumstances where we've had a, a feature, a cover feature uh, product, and, you know, by no fault of anybody's, or, uh, or well, by no fault of the product, uh, it, it goes down, and we've got a $1,000 worth of uh, parts sitting on the airfield. And if that's if that happens, let's say just before a deadline where uh, it needs to be in this issue, and it you, we didn't get any picks, we didn't get chances to a chance to really fly it. Well, we've got to work on Plan B, and sometimes that sets us behind uh, in time. So we've had that that's happened, and uh, we recently changed our schedule to a ten time a year schedule, and um, we ran into a couple of unforeseen situations in this last go-round, uh, but the October-November issue has been out there. It was mailed out over two weeks ago or just about two weeks ago. Yeah, uh, I got so mine. Yep, I got mine. Subscribers so. should be getting them in the mailbox any day now if yeah. they haven't already. Uh, we also had a, kind of a, a dispute with Zinio, our digital provider, and um, that's since been resolved, and I haven't checked today, but I was told earlier in the week that we would be up and online with the October-November issue on Zinio by today. So uh, when we're done here, I'm going to go check that out. And if it's not, I'm going to shoot off an email and see what's going on. Going forward, those uh, situations should be taken care of. December issue we're working on right now. In fact, uh, we just wrapped up another magazine today, and uh, we had the printer waiting on us for the phone call to say it's okay to print. Uh, so we got that to them, and then we have uh, the next issue of Heli is scheduled to go to print uh, or to be turned over to the printer uh, by next Friday. So uh, things are back on track, and hopefully uh, you know, we've gotten the, the worst of the situation behind us and we can move forward and put out a solid product for everybody. Yeah, that sounds good. So now this magazine, RC Heli magazine, it was a 12-issue magazine. Now it's going it's, – it's a 10-issue one, right? So that should help with well, – we started uh, we started as a bi-monthly. So uh, back in 2006, I think it was 2005 or 2006, we started off as a bi-monthly, and uh, the response was overwhelming. I mean, just everybody loved it. Uh, we realized that there was a niche out there that wasn't being serviced. Um, in fact, I don't know if it was coincidence or what, but AirAge Media, who publishes Model Airplane News, they happened to launch a helicopter title uh, at the exact same time, and. Um, Within a week, I think our first issues went on sale, and they've since folded that magazine. Rotary Modeler—I don't believe that they're publishing anymore—but he was a bi-monthly Mike Moss's publication, and I don't think they're publishing anymore. In fact, I'm, I'm pretty certain they aren't. MHT was around when we started. They've yeah. gone. So you know, the the magazine business is a, a very difficult one, and we are looking into uh, other ways of delivering content. Uh, to the reader or 
content consumer. I guess if it's not a magazine, you might not want to call them readers. But so we're exploring other options, and you know we want to keep an eye on the future and and see what kind of experiences we can uh, pass along to our readers. And and it's kind of you know the squeaky wheel gets the grease in terms of uh, the forums. You know, I, I mm-hmm. some people might not believe it, but there are thousands of people that don't complain that uh, or they don't voice their opinions as readily. Let's say that um, that. I do get letters from, you know, thanking us for putting out a good product. When we go to Fun Flies, we talk to them. So, you know, that, that makes us feel good, and we know that uh, uh, our work is appreciated, and, and uh, that comes through, you know, when the checks come in the mail from subscribers wanting to re-up. And right. even in this difficult time that we've had recently, uh, we still get a lot of people renewing their subscriptions. So yeah. uh, we're thankful yeah. for that, and, um, you know, we, we try to focus on, on delivering the best product we can for everybody, um, even the ones that are upset at us, we still want to make them happy, or at least yeah, do our best yeah. to to turn that tide. Well, you know, Mike, there's no question that your magazine is just top notch. I mean, the the photography, the articles, and I think for the most part, that's really not the concern. And it kind of brings up what other point I want to talk to you a little bit about. Just kind of cover it. You know, recently I read a post that you that you uh, commented in. And, you know, paraphrasing the post, of course, it, it said, if you don't, if you're not happy with the service, please, you know, get a refund or ask for a refund or something to that effect. And it, it really kind of created a, I know, a, a sentiment amongst some of those people who are on the forums a lot that basically you're telling them, if you're not happy, just get a refund and be done with it. What do you say to that? <laughs> you didn't just paraphrase it. That's pretty much exactly what I said. And <laughs> it. You know, when I wrote that post, I was really like, oh, man, should I do this? Should I not? I mean, I, I used to read, like, on Run Rider constantly. There was a guy that, I won't say his name, but he had a helicopter company that he would get into just uh, hissy fit matches with his customers right. uh, on the forums. And, man, I would just, I don't want to say I would laugh at it, but it was just, uh, it just was really bad. I mean, it's that's just not the way you conduct yourself personally and, and especially for a business. But there comes a point when, you know, we put out the product that we do. Uh, we stand behind the quality of the content, the words that are put on paper. Um, you know, we, we've gotten to discussions about um, objectiveness on product and what have you, and, and I think we've guided through that course pretty well. Um, we call us we call it like we see it. I mean, that's anybody that's written for us, past or present. Um, there's never been a directive to do anything other than that. Um, so I'm I'm really proud of the content, and we do run into a problem, or, or uh, in the last few years, where it is. I mean, the the print business in general is a lot more difficult than it used to be. I mean, look at the unemployment rate and how many people are are out of work and how many people are working part time, and uh, that doesn't show up there. Uh, the world has changed, and it's also changed quite a bit for the publishing industry. Uh, I rattled off quite a few magazines that were helicopter magazines that were around when we started, and, and they're no longer here. And I don't see Time Warner or Condé Nast or one of these you know, giant publishing companies getting into our market anytime soon. Right. Um, and it's, it's not to say that you know we want to abuse the position that we have being the, the number one magazine out there, that's that's not it at all. Um, I would love nothing more than to wake up every morning and have everybody getting their magazines on time. 
But there are just certain things that are beyond our control, and they're not always the same thing every day. It's a difficult business. If I cannot make a person happy, um, or if they are they don't have the patience to bear with us, especially in this small business that we're in that's a hobby, then there's nothing more I can do than offer them a refund. It's like uh, you know going into McDonald's and your hamburger isn't prepared correctly, or you had to wait for it a little bit longer. You know I don't think you'd slam it down on the counter. Um, and want them to pay you more than what you you paid yeah. for the burger. So sure, all the guy sure. behind the counter can do is say, "I'm sorry, sir. Would you like your money back?" And right. and that's the resolution. But the internet, you know, there's a, the anonymity behind our screen names. People don't necessarily act the way uh, they would in public or in person uh, on there. Uh, you know, we're big boys and and we wear our big boy pants every day, and we can take. Uh, take the abuse, but um, I don't think that people would react that way in a, in a person one-on-one setting. Uh, I go to Urge every year. I go to a couple other fun flies, and I come in contact with everybody. I mean, I'm at every trade show. There's no, you know, nobody is hiding from anyone over here. It's funny. We, we never get into screaming matches, and, and nobody's throwing magazines at us telling us they want, uh, you know, they want something beyond their money back. Yeah. Uh, it just doesn't happen, so... Yeah, so would it be fair to say, Mike, then, I guess the gist of what I'm – the crux of what I'm hearing here is that basically for RC Helimag, you guys were aware that there was a problem with the supply chain. You're doing what you can to resolve that so that that doesn't happen again. And if people are still upset about it, they have a way out, and that's okay. Absolutely. We we hate okay. to see everybody go once a month. I get a report from our subscription company that is uh, – a set of checks that need to be written for refunds and and um, it's it's no problem writing them it's unfortunate and I apologize but uh, at the end of the day you know we come into an agreement and if we're not living up to our end of the agreement and uh, you feel you want your money back by all means uh, request yeah. it. It's really easy to when you read a statement made on a forum to put any emotion or to you can take any of that out of that yeah. statement. Oh yeah you can make it any way you want. Yep. And when I read that post what I read was I, I'm, this is it's just matter of fact, guys. I, I mean, it's I don't necessarily want you to leave, but if you must, here you go. I, I well, certainly didn't read. Written. Yeah, that's how I. That's what I read into it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Um, and there is also in uh, the the effect of you know things do people there there <laughs> there is a mob mentality that kind of uh, sparks things, and uh, I I get PMs from people. Uh, you know, I love the magazine. It's okay. Uh, you know, I'm a happy customer, and this and that. They do it in PMs. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't cut and paste them into public if that wasn't what they were intended for. But uh, you know, this, I do get those. Uh, it's just uh, the the mob uh, likes to get in there. Just Look after the this interview, I don't know. <laughs> I might be throwing some gasoline <laughs> on the fire. No, just uh, just ask the guys over at Castle Creations. They know all about that mob mentality. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, and there's, I have no doubt in my mind that there, there, there was nobody at Castle that said, "Hey, let's uh, let's do this." Exactly. Well, let's do this on purpose and and create right. this uh, right. uh, firestorm, so to speak. I mean, it's just not. You know, there's there's a lot of people that like to believe conspiracy theories, and I've read about. Um, well, let's see. On on the Rotary Forum back when we launched, uh, I was called Ego Boy, and uh, that I had the the audacity to put myself on the cover of the first issue. 
which that wasn't me on the cover of the first issue. But anyway, so um, and the most recent one is that I'm I'm stealing everybody's money and laughing on my way to the bank and yeah, and there, there's no conspiracy. It's uh, you know this is a small business. Uh, at one point, we had 15 employees before uh, the economy uh, went south, and today we have seven. So, you know, we've had to downsize. We've had to make do with less, and um, it's just a, it's a reflection of the business that we're in. It's I, I don't necessarily think it's a reflection on our product uh, as much as it is just the, the general uh, feeling of, of the state of affairs we live in. Yep. It's where things are moving, yeah, for sure. And digital, we, we compete with, uh, we yeah. we don't necessarily compete with other magazines online, but we compete with people's time. I mean, uh, there's other ways to spend your time, and you've got a limited amount. And um, if we're not putting out a compelling reason to, to occupy your time or to get it in front of you at least so that we have the opportunity, you know, then we're, we're behind the eight ball. So we definitely have to do a better job of getting the product out there on time so that we can occupy that time. I have to say, you know, I'm a subscriber. I like the magazine. Um, I really dig the way you guys lay it out and stuff like that. Really good content. You know, when I first started the hobby, you know, I needed to have something because kind of like Dan, you know, I'm where I'm at. When I first got in the hobby, I wasn't aware of anybody else around me that was also into it. So I didn't really have anybody that I could relate to it or anything like that. And I came across the magazine on the shelf at one of my grocery it was a, a grocery store here in town you know i was like oh that's great you know so i started buying it and then, and then i subscri- i subscribed to it so i could feel like i was in the loop um you know and i really like looking at uh, how the magazine is laid out i like to read the reviews and see the ads and the articles it just makes me feel like i'm a i'm a part of it you know what i mean and um so i appreciate that you guys have that in place and you know my personal experience with uh, the subscription is you know i did go th- i was one of the ones that went through a period of time where um i wasn't seeing copies coming for a while but you know i i tell you what mike i did what um you would expect anybody to do and i emailed you guys had a conversation with um actually i think it was you and you guys uh shipped me out the the back issues and all was good you know, and then we went from there, and it, it just worked. Well, I appreciate that, and we, we have a customer service. We have a toll-free line. We have email. We have um, our websys on our website. If you go to, you can click in, put your, your address, and see when the last issue was sent to you, although that's not always accurate. <laughs> At least yeah. you can get an idea that we've got your information correctly. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll stop at nothing to try to write the, the situation if, if uh, there's something lost in the mail. Um, but getting back to what you pointed out, you know, being a beginner and getting into the hobby, uh, there's no embargo on information. Uh, it's out there. Every yeah. question that anybody's ever wanted to ask about a model helicopter has been answered on the forums, or, or they, it could be. So, you know, sometimes when uh, when the topic of our magazine becomes a uh, thread out there and, and it gets a lot of buzz, there's definitely a lot of people that point out, well, you know, I'm not going to subscribe. I would never buy a magazine because all the information I can get here for free. Not everybody has six hours a night after the wife is asleep to stay up and <laughs> be on the forums, for, right. you know, until right. they have to go to work in the morning. You know, and a magazine is a snapshot. It's a There's a date. I'm looking at my shelf right now, and I can go back to issues from 1995 of Extreme RC, our car magazine. And uh, if I wanted to know what was going on in 1995 in the world of racing and what have you, I could pick that up and see exactly what that is. A magazine is not, it's, it is information, but it's a package of information that was put together at a specific point in time 
uh, it's it's a periodical. It's it's not the internet. It's not uh, the forums. Yeah. Um, it doesn't morph. Um, <laughs> it's what it is. The date that it was created. And yeah, I like um, paper. I like touching paper. It, and, well, <laughs> yeah. well, I like paper too. But uh, you know, when you're at the grocery store and you're getting into a hobby, the the Heli Freak is not a household name. You know, not yeah. everybody knows about the that forum or Run Rider or uh, any of the forums that we have out there. Uh, but when they they walk into a grocery store and they happen to see a uh, Air Hogs or something on the TV and they see uh, they see RC Heli across the top of a magazine, they're going to pick it up. I mean, we are we're on I want to say about four or almost five thousand newsstands across the country with RC Heli. You know that that is out in the real world. So we're putting the hobby out there to thousands of potential new uh, people that can get into the hobby, and uh, a good percentage of our readership. Uh, they've only been flying for six months to a year. So a lot of the people that um, chime in on the forums, you know, they've been flying for years or uh, they, they know quite a bit and they've gone through the learning curve. But there's a huge majority of people out there that are just getting into it at any point in time. You know, they picked up a new blade or they saw their buddy flying a T-Rex or something and they decided to get into it. So holding their hand and kind of guiding them into the hobby is, is where we kind of fit in. And for the guys that have been flying for a while, we have more technical articles that we do on electronics and flight characteristics and tuning, what have you. So. Hey, I got another question, too, because you kind of brought up the forums and stuff like that. And I remember in the past on your website, there was a kind of a listener – I mean not a listener, but a, like a reader forum area. I know right now you guys are working on your website. You're changing some things and stuff like that. But I have a, uh, um, a Heli Freak uh, forum member question, actually, I wanted to ask you now. It's from uh, Heli Freak member uh, Blacks1. It says, uh, can you please ask Mike if he will reactivate the old RC Heli Mag forum or the Idleup forum? Thank you. The uh, the site is done. The new site is done. In fact, uh, right now we, we just started repopulating uh, content on there, uh, and we hopefully we'll be able to go live with it sometime next week. Um, but uh, it won't have the content that was on the old forum. It was kind of short-sighted. We decided to pull the plug on that because we thought this new site was going to be up and ready to go, and um, the content that was on the servers was not backed up. So uh, that stuff, I mean, we have the backbone of the site, but the actual content that everybody populated, uh, that unfortunately is gone forever. So oh, that sucks. Um, All right. I, wish, I wish we could because there was a lot of good information out there, um, but it's, it's gone. Ah, <laughs> uh, so somebody over but there in the he, server room got the tank award that day, huh? Uh, well, no, it just was <laughs> short-sightedness. I mean, we're not we're not web guys, we're magazine yeah, guys, so right, uh, right. Uh, that that's what happened. But um, the new site is done; it looks really cool. I like it. Um, yeah. It's actually it's not really new because we've had it here for probably about six months, where we've been playing with it and. Um, uh, we finally got all the bugs we think uh, out of it. I, I think everybody will like it. Hopefully they'll they'll check it out. We mentioned uh, paper versus uh, digital media. I love having a magazine in my hands. I mean, uh, you know, when you're dropping a deuce, there you go, opinion. There, there's one for you. When you're just waiting for uh, an appointment or whatever, that's changing. Everybody's got some type of portable device. Where do you think the future of the magazine business is heading? Uh, right now, I think we're seeing a transition to digital, uh, more of the tablets versus uh, being able to view a PDF on your computer screen. Um, yeah. I, I, 
I've always thought that, like right now, we have Zinio is our our online solution that we have for people being able to see the magazine if they live on the other side of the world and they don't want to pay the postage and what have you. But um, it, I've always seen it as kind of a stopgap because it isn't really a very good experience. I mean, it, it's a PDF. You're you're watching. You're looking at a document. Um, yeah. I think the yeah. The iPad and the different Android tablets that are coming out, I think they have a lot of promise. Um, I think uh, a few years from now, what a tablet will be will probably not be what the iPad is right now. I think it'll have mm-hmm. a, it'll be more like a, a, a piece of paper versus uh, what it is. I mean, I have an iPad and I love it. I think it's great. It's got that tactile feel that you can hold it in your hands and you yeah. can't take it into the bathroom with you. Um, so you know there's a lot of advantage, and there's uh, there's some magazines not in the uh, not in the helicopter arena, but uh, Wired is a good example of what can be done with uh, different ways of presenting uh, digital content. So we we definitely are looking at that, and uh, we we're also looking on the future, and we want to continue to be a viable concern and and meet what uh, our readers need or what they want. Again, though, you know, we do fall into a trap, but we are in a small market. The helicopter mm-hmm. market is not nearly as big as some people want to think it is. Um, of course, they spend a lot of money. I mean, it's, it's not a cheap hobby by any means. But there aren't as many of us as there there should be to support um, a lot of the things that it takes to launch an endeavor like that. Now, when we launched the magazine yeah. and we put it out on the newsstand, I mean, we were available in Walmarts, um, Target stores, grocery store chains across the country, and the magnitude of what we did was nobody had else had, had done that to that point and had launched with so many uh, magazines out in so many locations. And um, our draw did scale back quite a bit from when we initially launched because, you know, it turns out our market isn't as big as as we might have thought it was. But it's still, you know, it's it's a profitable business and. And yeah, it is a hobby, and it's stuff that we love. I mean, everybody here is in the RC in one form or another. You know, we're all hobbyists, but at the end of the day, it's got to make a profit. I mean, it's got to make money. You know, going into digital more, more wholeheartedly um, in the iPad, you know, it's something that we want to do. Uh, we do have some ideas, and we've started playing with some things. But uh, for now, uh, we're in print, and, and that's how we get the point across. Let me set up a, a scenario here for you. It's 2007. August, midday afternoon. I hear you got hunted down by an aurora. <laughs> uh, was it an aurora? Yeah, you know, I think it was. Uh, a 90 aurora. Well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a fun day. I'll never forget that. Yeah, that was at Urcha. And um, I'm kind of, uh, when it comes to going on, I remember the first event that I went to was the XFC in maybe 2006. I can't remember. And uh, it was the first helicopter event I had gone to. And I'd been covering RC car events and world championships and what have you all around the world for the 10 years prior. So I wasn't shy when it came to getting in front of you know, people to get their pictures. And, and I think I, I put a few people off by being a little too aggressive on getting the right photo that I wanted for the podium and the big check and all that stuff. But um, so, you know, a year passes and uh, I'm at Urcha and, hey, I want to get the best shot I can. So... I was pretty far up on the flight line and uh, looking down the barrel of my lens and uh, was tracking uh, Henry Caldwell's, I guess it was an Aurora that he was flying at the time, and uh, was looking through the lens and uh, had one eye closed and uh, was tracking the helicopter 
and he was right on the deck. I mean, he was just going crazy right on the deck, and I'm pretty sure it was a tail blade that, or he hit the, hit his tail on it, and uh, he lost his tail. And uh, I didn't realize this when I was watching it, but I did notice a split second after the fact was that I didn't hear the engine. I didn't hear the engine, and I kind of realized the helicopter was getting bigger and bigger looking through my lens. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of when it hit, when I realized, oh, shit, that thing's coming right at me. Oh, so I, I put my shoulder to my ear and just covered up the best I could and kind of turned my back. And, and I think it hit the ground. Uh, like maybe a foot or two in front of me, and then just kind of bounced up and and hit me on the back and leg, and uh, I, th- I think I needed like maybe seven, seven or eight stitches and some tetanus shots, and uh, wow. a quick trip to the uh, a quick trip to the the urgent care over there in Muncie. What an experience, huh? Wow. No kidding. The next year, or even later that trip, that was actually a bad year. There was a lot of guys that got hurt that year at Urcha. I, I don't know what it was. It was something in the air. But yeah, um, right. Dino took a, a, a blade to the arm and cut his bicep open. needed, Ooh. I want to say, like 30 or so stitches. I mean, it was a bad gash. And a few other people got hurt that year. So it was it was not a good year. The following year, they pushed the flight line back quite a bit. Or they, uh, you know, the spectator line for the the noon demos back, and uh, I, on a very small degree, I'm not equating uh, what I went through to anything like that, but I, I had that shell shock kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I'm near a, a helicopter, man, I I keep my distance, and yeah. I always make sure that there's somebody standing just a little to my left, so that when they're doing the <laughs> hurricane, that uh, you know I, I have somewhere to go. You got the man but, shield uh, there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mark Ryder might not know it, but he's uh, he's a good tr- shield with his tripod. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so you're a little bit gun shy every now and then, I suppose. I take it out. Yeah, yeah. Just um, you know, it could have been a lot worse. Luckily, my camera uh, took most of the the hit. I mean, it, I had it right at my head, and it broke the lens or the lens. It broke the uh, flash off of the uh, off of the body. Yeah. So I'd rather break that than my skull. So, well, you know, they're uh, pretty. These are pretty intense. Uh, pretty intense machines. We fly them right to the limits, you know. And I'm glad you didn't get more hurt or anything like that. I'm glad you came out okay in the end, you know. But that's a pretty wild story. Speaking of photography, I mean, your magazine is well known for its incredible pictorials. I mean, just awesome shots. The wild pictures. What, yeah. What What advice would you give? I mean, to an everyday person looking to get a good shot. Is there a lot that goes into that, or is it just kind of luck of the You know, I'm not a photographer. Um, I mean, I know how to take a picture, but just like, uh, you know, we know how to fly helicopters, but we're not Alan Zabo. So uh, we did do an article not too long ago uh, that uh, Mark Fadley – actually, we've done the topic twice in our six or seven years. Uh, Mark Fadley tackled it on um, getting the perfect shot, and – I think Sean Williams wrote one for us too, and uh, I couldn't tell you the issues they were they were in, but basically you want to make sure your your speed you got the right shutter setting, uh, the aperture you want to have it as open as you can to get as much light in there and increase your depth of field, and um, when you think you're close, just hold down the hammer and try to knock out as many frames as you can, and hopefully you you get a good one. I mean it's mm-hmm. it's. Yeah. It's one thing to take a picture, and it's another thing to have that photographer's eye, which I do not have. 
Jason Bollinger, he's our uh, resident photographer here, and he's responsible for most of the shots that are in the magazine. And he shoots everything. Like, he, he goes out on the weekends, and just for fun, he shoots pictures. I mean, that's what he does all, all week long uh, for his day job. But, uh, you know, on the weekends, he's he's doing it also. And, and that's a talent that I definitely don't have, and a lot of people don't have. And it uh, doesn't mean you can't get the, a good shot. It's just um, some people have it and some don't, and uh, he, he, we're very proud and, and pleased to have him here and, and uh, love the contribution that he brings to the magazine. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about your staff, your writers, and, and this. Uh, are they located right where you are? Are they located throughout the country that contribute to your magazine? Um, well, in-house, we have Ryan Kephart, and he's been with us for uh, probably four years now. Um, Aaron Shell was my first hire. Um, for the magazine, and he was the editor for uh, probably about a year and a half. He moved down from Oregon, and uh, uh, Brandon Updike was an editor here. Uh, he was an Avant-sponsored pilot, and he recently, or not recently, about a year or so ago, he joined the Air Force, so uh, he left us then. And so we got Ryan Kephart here in-house, and he's been flying helicopters for probably about 10 years now, and uh, he used to be a machinist. And he's got his uh, his pilot's license, so he's uh, aeronautics is in his blood. Um, across the country, we have uh, Chuck Bassani, who's out in New York. He's uh, got a very technical background. He he does stuff for the Navy and and works on sonar systems, and and uh, he's responsible for our, our electronics reviews and explanations of things uh, related to that field. Uh, we're the only magazine to do latency testing on radios. Uh, we spec out if a manufacturer says their their current draw on a product is is A. You know we verify that it's A. We do that independently, and I I don't know of any other print publications that uh, or anywhere for that matter that does that type of testing. Uh, we've got Jim Inez and he's in Utah and he's been flying for for quite a few years. Uh, he's kind of the everyman's uh, pilot, so he's uh, just an average guy. You know he's not super uh, super crazy on the, with the thumbs, but uh, he's a good solid pilot and uh, he's been doing it long enough to know what's good and what isn't. Um, we have uh, Art Corral, who's uh, a former Navy uh, helicopter pilot and officer, went through all the aeronautics training, and uh, he writes our Heli IQ column regularly, which is about the uh, the, the aeronautics and the the engineering that goes behind the machines that we fly. Uh, Aaron Shell is still a, a heavily uh, used contributor. He's up in Oregon. Uh, yeah, Aaron Red Baron. Yeah. Aaron Red Baron. Aaron Red Baron. And uh, I know I'm forgetting a few. Uh, uh, let's see. Dan uh, Dan Goldstein uh, writes for us occasionally. He's out in uh, New Jersey. So it's kind of um, it's a it's a nationwide effort. And, you know, we have people around the country, so we can see what's going on in different regions, and it's not just here in Southern California. Right. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're spread out, and uh, luckily, you know, we can do that. Uh, Ten years ago, we could not. I mean, just the uh, the Internet's changed things, so mm -hmm. that makes it a lot easier. Let, let me tell you about one feature of your magazine that I really like. I really like the, uh, towards the back, you've got the, the how-tos, like, you know, certain maneuvers, and the way your writers break them down in a step-by-step, -step, and then they also show the photograph in a corresponding step. That's called flight school, and uh, we try to do one 
elementary maneuver and one more technical advanced maneuver each issue. So there's something in there for everybody. Yeah, and then you've got that, just the way it breaks it down, uh, as far as where you should be more proficient in certain aspects, you know, learning how to do a particular maneuver, you should know how to do this, this, and this first type thing. It, it really makes yeah. for a good read. Well, thanks. That's uh, that's something we started, I mean, I'm sure somebody did it before us, but uh, that's something that we started doing regularly right from the start. I think uh, yeah. I think Jason Krause was the first one that we interviewed for that back in 2006. You know, I guess I'd just like to say again, you know, uh, kudos on a good magazine. You know, I, I, I enjoy reading it, you know, and I find myself every now and then, uh, like where I work, it's uh, – I work in a – uh, at a ISP, but I do the customer service thing, and so I work in an office full of cubes, and it's a, mostly women that work there, you know. And so I've got like the, uh, uh, you know, Better Homes and Gardens, and all these kind of foofy magazines all over the place and stuff like that. And so I kind of like every now and then I'll get an extra issue or something, I'll bring it in, and I'll set it on the on the stack of the break room or something. And um, there's a couple other guys that work there, and you know, they'll they'll see the magazine and they'll read it or whatever. And sometimes people will come and ask me about the hobby and ask me questions stuff after picking it up and so just gonna say that's one of the great things about a magazine you know when you're done reading it you can take it to the doctor's office leave it there and who knows how many uh, people will will uh, have the pleasure of checking it out yeah but you know what i really appreciate you taking the time uh to talk with us yeah and uh it's been a great pleasure having you on and i hope to hear from you again soon if you've got any news or anything you want to let us know by all means we'd love to have you on again absolutely i really appreciate you guys uh, giving me the opportunity you betcha, man. We'll, uh, we'll talk with you later. So there we go, guys. Mike Bell has what you think. That's, it was good to interview. Dan, I had a good time talking to the guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, you know, there's been some problems with the magazine, but uh, yeah, what can, I mean, what can you do? And you know, I think you know, RC Helly Magazine's doing what they can. You know, they kind of like we talked about with Castle before. You know, um, RC Helly Magazine's not been trying to point fingers or anything like that. They identified a problem in the supply chain, and they're working to resolve it. I mean, by all rights, when you got about half the employees that you had before, half the staff, it uh, makes it kind of difficult to put out the same product you had before. You know, and uh, so I, you know, I give them a break. I got a two-year subscription that I got to re-up here in a little bit, and you know, I'm gonna re-up it just if anything. So I got some something to read while I'm on the can or whatever. You know, I like getting the magazine, so um, I, I think they uh, they explained it pretty well. So you know, actually, after talking with them, I actually think I'm probably gonna re-up mine because you know, I kind of fed off of that. We talked a little bit about it, kind of that mob mentality a little bit. Yeah, and, that um, happens. I think I'm gonna give it another shot. Uh, because I do enjoy having the magazine, I do I do get it at the uh, at the drugstore, but they don't always get it. I've noticed it's like uh, someone has picked it up already because they they know that it you know it's not like they have ten copies there. It's just a small little town in the middle of nowhere. I may not get to that copy before it's already sold, so I'm I'm thinking I'm probably going to go ahead and just do the subscription. Plus, it's cheaper. You know, hey, I'm going to need to. I think I'm going to need cool. to save all the money I can now. I guess to. <laughs> yeah, I got, yeah. I got doing my test flying. Yeah, you'll have to do some <laughs> the shoulder reading at, at the flying field. You know, to be honest, I think it would be cool if they could integrate the paper subscription with the digital subscription. 
where yeah. you know I could have the paper copy, but since I have the paper copy, I could put in some sort of code or something like that that's on my subscription itself. So yeah. I could get the Zinio copy and put it on my phone and stuff. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. I mean, I, I like magazines, but I think if I was to, I mean, this is the thing, you know, I, I really enjoyed uh, reading the uh, the website, but I just never took a subscription out, mainly because, yeah, I do spend a lot of time at the computer. I spend a, a hell of a lot of time at the computer, um, as well as my mobile, you know, mobile device. I go out, I use my mobile device. For me, if I was to read a magazine, it'd, it'd have to be physical, you know. I can read e-books and the computer, but I just like to have it. I guess I just like to have a I just like to have a stack of RC Haley magazines in the bathroom. Mm. What what a better place to read an RC Haley magazine when you're taking a crap? For me to poop on. <laughs> so Callum brought up a good good point. At the beginning of the show, he was kind of talking about how he's feeling a, a little bit of a burn, not really into it. You know, and actually the timing, I think, Callum, for you is perfect in that you're not feeling this at the beginning of summer. It's right, it, you know, winter's just started. You know, if you're going to take a break from flying, this is probably the time to do it. I think this is a good topic in that a lot of people go through this and they, I don't know, sometimes... Well, at least for me, I don't know about you guys, sometimes it almost, when I do go through that, I almost, I'm a little ashamed to kind of talk about it. <laughs> yeah, like you're giving up. Yeah, it's like, you know, you're feeling ashamed, like you're, like you said, like you're giving up on the hobby or something. But I think, I think it's a pretty normal thing. And um, for me, there's nothing wrong with not flying the helicopters or putting them up, cleaning them up, put them away, put your batteries on store charge. I also find that I may not necessarily feel like flying, but I, I, it's, like, it's like it's never far away. There's yeah. the forums. There's there's magazines to, to look at. What do you guys do when, when that happens to you? I mean, it happens to all of us. It happens to every one of us. Dude, I get out the crying towel that came right. with my kit, and I, I wipe my snot off and... The thing is, is like for me, I'm going through that stage now, and you know, yeah, there's forums. Yeah, I can go visit. I mean, I do visit the club just to catch it with you know my flying buddies and you know shoot the shit. But for me, I when I start feeling burnt out, I just kind of cut it all out. I don't bother checking the forums. I mean, I'm sure there's a few people on on Addicts that I've noticed. I haven't posted any good content that's really you know I've kind of really just dropped off the radar as such and um, I mean for me I feel bad because you know A you know yeah it's a hobby it's meant to be enjoyment and stuff but B I'm sponsored you know so that's another reason why I feel bad because you know I have to represent my sponsors um, yeah. and, you know, and sometimes, you know, it's, it's a fine line, you know, I have to, you know, there's times where I don't want to fly, but there's times where I kind of feel like I have to, uh, keep my presence near for my sponsors. But then again, I'm always, I'm always in there, you know, if, if anyone has a problem with anything or, you know, they can always IM me or they can always 
you know, get a hold of me and I'd be happy to help. I mean, for me, that's the thing, right? I, I have no problem helping at all. You know, I enjoy it. I enjoy teaching to fly. I enjoy, you know, you know, instructing people on, you know, how to fix their machines, how to set them up. I just, like I said earlier, I went flying and I just wasn't feeling it at all. Um, I'm doing this TikToks, I'm doing this stuff, and I'm just looking at it thinking, what am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm just doing it just because it's something to do. I, I don't. I don't have this. Blah, meh comes to mind. I'm blah. There, and you I'm know like, what that is, Callum? You know what that what? is? That's diabolical. Dude, that is so <laughs> diabolical. Hey, Callum, you know. If your girlfriend told you it's you or the heli, you can just tell us that, dude. You don't have to go into a dissertation. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just a thing. I mean, I found other things that are interesting right now. Uh, I'm learning to drive. That's diabolical. I'm, I'm doing other things that are a challenge. I feel I'm not getting the, the challenge from, you know... I, took, I said to Matt Brown, a good friend of mine, um, I said to him, look, I'm going to go all out on the Furion today. I'm going to say, fuck it, I'm going out. I don't care if it crashes because I'm not in that mood. You know, I didn't go all out, mostly because I didn't feel comfortable with the model, getting used to a fly bar again. <laughs> but I, one thing that is itching me, though, is actually putting V-Bar on the Furion and getting that set up and getting it really dialed into how I want how I want it feeling really yeah like, well you know Cal, you know the thing too Callum is first you know I would not want to try to talk anybody into taking a break from the hobby but see your situation is a little bit different from the rest of us I mean really when you think about it because we um, you have a little extra pressure based yeah. on your your affiliations we mm. rob and i don't i mean if we decide this winter ugh, you know what i don't want to fly at all for the whole month of december or january there's nothing that there's nothing saying any there's nobody to say anything about it yep you can't make me do it yeah um so your situation is a little bit different but you know it, it kind of shows it kind of shows the the grass is necess- isn't necessarily always greener now is it uh, I mean, it, it's different for sure. I mean, I've got pressure to, you know, to be there to maintain that presence. Um, I don't. I do. I am actively. In, I mean, if there was an event coming up, and you know, and then I, I would go. There's been times where I've been to a fly-in and not taking my model. For you know, I do enjoy the social side of it. Um, I just right now I don't feel up to flying, um, I would happily, like I am doing now, you know, on the podcast speaking, you know, it's just right now flying itself for me is is, is, is having a relapse. I flew and I just wasn't happy with my performance. You know, it was just, meh. Rob, have you ever found yourself in a similar situation? Um... Yeah, every now and then, you know, and I think, you know, sometimes I'll take a couple of days off and then, then, you know, when I pick it up after that, it, it's fun, you know, it's fun again, you know, and 
you know, sometimes, you know, that trick or that set of maneuvers that I just seem to do all the time or whatever and I just get boring, sometimes it's easy to put those down and try something different, you know, if you go away from it for a few days and come back. You know, both you, Rob, and Callum are much better flyers than I am, although, Rob, I'm starting to wonder. (laughs) But uh, I I can tell you this, you know, and basically I'm kind of going off what Rob just mentioned about – you find yourself flying the same thing. And, and for me at my level, what I've noticed is if, if I don't, if I don't at least once or twice while I'm flying, push myself out of my comfort zone, I'll end up staying in my comfort zone the whole day. And then the next day, and then the next day, and then, and then it becomes a point where it's not the, the comfort zone actually shrinks a little bit. Does that make sense? And so, Things that were just on that envelope of yeah. kind of being comfortable but not are extremely uncomfortable at this yeah. point. It starts to feel like homework. Yeah, and it and I, I don't know. It's kind of a tough. It's kind of a tough situation. But you know, it's it is a hobby, and you got to be having fun. And and it, you know, if, if picking that helicopter up in a tail end hover at thirty feet away from you, if you're enjoying that, you know. Don't don't doesn't matter what anybody else says or does. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean but, that's the thing, and that's the thing I'm kind of like lacking is the enjoyment. I'm trying stuff new. I'm I'm trying, you know, I'm going sometimes. Sometimes I go all out and just try and trash the model, and I still don't. It doesn't get my legs shaking. It doesn't. It doesn't excite me. And if the model goes in, I'm just like, oh well, I don't care, you know. If I scratched you behind the ear, would that make your leg shake? No. Oh. That, that doesn't turn me on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I just don't. I'm just not. I'm not feeling the vibe. I, I, what I'm trying to say is, I really couldn't give two shits. Um, really, is, is just how I, I, I am in the moment. And I guess it. I, I think this is the worst I've felt for a while. Um, because it's been dawning on me for a while now. Um, it, it, it's definitely the worst I felt. Uh, but I guess it's due. I guess everyone gets like this now and then. Yeah. Um, and I guess when the warmer weather comes and, you know, after Christmas out of the way and, and and things, then, you know, the buzz will come back and... Uh, well, it know. better come back before Urcha. Urcha, yeah. Um uh, that might spark some interest. No, you know what? Practice driving first, Callum, because if you're going to come over here and then drive with Dan and me over to Urcha, I want to make sure you know what the hell you're doing. Yeah, that would be uh, nice. Come on, don't, don't, do not tell me about how to drive in America. You guys got it easy. You just fucking move and not <laughs> Dude, but go. Let's see. You guys in Europe drive these little three-foot cars. See, my truck is like 19 feet long, plus I got an 18-foot trailer. Oh, yeah, dude, that's a lot of sausage to tow down the yeah, street. Your 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 I mean, fucking hell, your roads are just like wide load capable in every lane. You know what? So, we're gonna we're gonna find every two lane road all the way to Muncie, Indiana, just for you. <laughs> they're there, buddy. trust me, they're there. So so let's move let's move on a little bit, uh, guys. We've kind of you know, uh, I, I want to mention something, and. Um, for those of you who are aware, I'm super excited about this. Helifreak, Will James, they gave us our own little corner of the forum there. Shimmy. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's cool. That, was that is cool the coolest thing in the world. I mean, uh, I'm pretty grateful for that, and it's a great way for us to keep in touch with the Heli Freak users and the Heli Freak users to keep in touch with us. Now, that's not to say it's just Heli Freak. We've also got a little forum on RC Heli Addicts, and Stuart was gracious enough to to allow us to do that as well. It's just it's just kind of an evolving process. Of course, Stuart gave us ours a while ago, probably even before we had our first episode out, wasn't it, Callum? Or right at the, about that same time? Yeah, um, pretty yeah, much. Just, before we, we, we got the show first out there, yeah. Yeah. So thanks, Will. Thanks to the HeliFreak users. We actually have an idea for a segment, and I kind of want to see what you guys think. Now, We were I was talking with a friend of ours, a friend of the show, and initially the thought was freak of the week well that's 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 great but see this show encompasses the the hobby in its entirety and we have people that listen to us that go to run ride oh you must be getting a phone call oh you know i am ha wild hang on a sec guys makanaka pisai good how you doing All right. Yeah, I'm skyping it up. So, she who must be obeyed. <laughs> okay, I love you too. I love you, Rob. Bye. I love you, Rob. I I I love how she's like. I I I love how you're. She's like. Well, I love you, and I'll see you later. Just <laughs> like. Rick, just like, really. No, I don't really give a shit, but I'm going to say it. I love you, and I'll see you later. Yeah, that's what I'm supposed to say since I'm wearing a ring. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, um, you know, I actually have an idea, and I kind of want to pose this out to the listeners. And if you can help us with this, uh, it's worth a T-shirt. Help us, come up with a, help us come up with a name for this segment. And the idea behind it is not just Heli Freak, not just Run Rider, not just RC Heli Addicts, but it's everybody who listens to the show. Yeah. You know, kind of spotlight, not necessarily, well, spotlight might even be the wrong word, but somebody who's prominent or, or very active in, in, in your particular forum, no matter where it is. Yeah, you like their posts, you follow them a lot. Yeah. Yep. Someone that we could just have on the show. And if you help us come up with a decent name for this segment, we'll, um, we'll throw you a t-shirt. How's that sound? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I Sweet. think that's cool. Yeah, that'd be a good deal. So, guys, how to get in touch with us? Uh, Dan at rchelionation.com or Dan K. Reed at msn.com. Dan K. Reed at pretty much all the forums. How would I get in touch with you, Rob? Um, you Helikiller.com? Yeah. <laughs> well, you can reach me out at rob at rchelionation.com. Uh, you can check out my front porch. There, I, I link to it in my signature out on the forums or else right off the website. Uh, you can catch me. I'm next gen on all the forums, uh, so uh, shoot me a line. And Callum, how do we get in touch with you? You can get in contact with me at Callum at rchelionation.com. You can contact me on the forums. My username is Callum on most of them. Um, you can also contact me via my website callumheli.co.uk. You can also Skype mm-hmm. me. Um, my username is techmeh, T-E-C-H-M-E-H. Um, you can also contact me on Facebook, 
Um, um, yeah, and that's yeah, poke him, it. poke him in the eye. It's just you could also raise your hands to the sky and just yell, Callum. <laughs> On the internet. <laughs> Tell them on the internet. And remember, guys, always uh, Facebook. Head to that page. Click the like button. Uh, we, we, all three of us post on that a lot. I mean, just odd little things. Not mm-hmm. just about show information. There's constantly, if we're coming up with stuff. And also, I've noticed that there's been quite a bit of uh, Twitter traffic happening. So we're going to start... Using Twitter a little bit more often. Lots so follow us at Twitter. And I want to make a quick mention to those of you who have donated to the show. It's very much appreciated. And I just felt like I needed to mention that because it does it, it does help. Thank you. That's about it, guys. Show number eight. What do you think? In the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Eight is great. Eight is great. See you guys later. You fusion killer. Yeah. It just goes to show how shit the fusion cash is. (laughs) 